basically taking a, a break at a rest stop on the way home to Chicago, and he said, I'm finer than frog's fur, mate. New joke book on the Chrissy list for Timbo, <laughs> methinks. <laughs> He's told you to get some new jokes. Finally, well, wouldn't be the first, mate. I'm mean, accused of dad jokes last episode. James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Freedom Ocean, episode 67, in fact. Uh, if you'd listened to last week's episode, that would have been funny. But uh, I'm Tim Reed, and right there, James Schramko. G'day, mate. How are you going? Very good, mate. Very, very good. And um, just to reset what this show is all about for people who haven't listened before, because, you know, the uh, the audience is growing. This is a show where James and I have a chat, have a chinwag about how to build your business online. Not so much an internet marketing show, but more about how to build your business online. Would you agree with that, Jimmy? Yeah, I think we've changed a little bit in the in the past. It used to be a real discovery show about everything wild and wonderful about the internet. <laughs> and now we're sort of refining a little more and getting into more of the sort of sustaining stuff. But I reckon somewhere someone probably just fell out of their hammock. Two episodes of Freedom Ocean in a week. This is like yeah. the old days, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Someone was telling me last night that, uh, you know, if you don't put out the shows, guys, you know, we start getting itchy to listen to some content and we start dialing around and finding different podcasts. So, uh, Sleeping around. Well, you know, it makes sense. They're in consumption yeah. mode. They're driving somewhere. They want to listen to something. So it's yeah. great that we're getting this stuff back out there. And I think today's topic is going to be really interesting. It will be. Uh, how the online world has changed in the past 12 months. And um, I'm excited about it because it's it's kind of a really uh, – it's an underlying premise to, to what I talk about when I give my keynotes to small business owners about marketing. And, you know, if people listen have ever listened to me rattling on about small business marketing, I, I say there's never been a better time to market a small business. And a lot of that is due to the, the improvements and the changes in the online world. Yeah, and a lot of this is going to depend on your position in the market because I imagine still probably nearly half the businesses out there still don't even have a website. Mm. Uh, I imagine that a lot of people who listen to this show, if they're long-term listeners or long-time listeners, what do you say, long-time listeners, have probably got a website or a bunch of domains and uh, may already be in motion. So someone like me, I've sort of weaned myself off all of the – marketers newsletters and i've gotten myself mm -hmm. you know more into the mainstream of of the established marketing side of things so it'd be interesting to see even our own perspectives how much they differ mm. yeah yeah absolutely what do you think um often before we kind of get into the nitty-gritty and sort of list some of the ways the world the online world has changed what do you think are some of the limiting beliefs that business owners have around marketing their business online uh, one that I saw yesterday is a classic. It was a thread posted in a Facebook group and it was a hypothetical. Uh, if you were given tickets around the world for six weeks, two people, all expenses paid, uh, you know, would you abandon your business to do it? And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly what I do. Mm. That is exactly what I do. I do fly around the world and run my business. So I think it's a it's a limiting belief that your business can be in such command of you that you can't actually start living a uh, 
retire-esque kind of a lifestyle because if you set your business up properly, I really think that uh, if, you, if you're using automation, if you're using a team and you're not the linchpin or the key man in the business, then you can start experiencing a different shift on the on what a business is. Instead of being a place that you go to work each day, it can now become the funding source for a different life that, that you could be having. Jimmy, is that as, is that true? Is that as true for uh, a builder as it is for a vet, as it is for an information marketer, as it is for uh, a seller of clothes? To some extent, it actually is. And one of the test cases in this is my buddy, who's a video producer. And in the beginning of me helping him in my mastermind, he was the technician. And this is very common with business on the tools on the tools, doing the work the, and thinking, and, and it was even true of me and it's probably true of you, thinking that you're the only person in the world that can do this particular job uh, when in fact- uh, Control we, freak. <laughs> well, not, not just that, it's just a limiting belief, which was your question. And if we fast forward that to a year or two down the track, now our friend has uh, gone on a family holiday overseas for more than a month. He has gone on a, a bike riding tryst through the countryside uh, with a whole bunch of other guys you know, camping and looking at sunsets and sunrises. <laughs> and bike riding tryst. Yeah, and he's got – there's a new word for you. Yeah. Uh, so then he's also got guys in the office who are now uh, scheduling jobs – filming them, editing them, producing them, running the business automation software that manages prospects and customers. And it's more profitable now than when he was doing all the work. And he's able to swoop in and do the passion projects that really excite him. So yes, I think it could actually apply for, for most businesses. Let's just touch on that. I, I- I think you know who you're talking about. We don't need to name names, but it's that's a person who is um, he's he was on the tools. He was behind the camera. He was probably sitting in on the edits. He was meeting with the clients. He was doing the lot. And he's a creative person by the fact that he's in video uh, and would have felt a, prior to having those discussions with you a real need to be across all that. So how how does someone like that? wean themselves off that feeling of they must be needed, they must be on the tools and yet still maintain or continue to increase their creative integrity, their their, their wonderful production values, which I, I think this person has. Yeah, well, the two main things that were really important in this case study that are inspiring are, one, there was a lot of resistance and and the knowledge of how to do this was not there in the beginning. And the second thing was this person's so passionate about the craft that not doing the work was a big mental adjustment in the beginning. However, uh, what it has done is actually enhanced the creative capacity, enhanced the ability to enjoy the work again for the first time in a while. So, uh, the, of course, the answer is just join Silver Circle. But, <laughs> no, in the, the longhand answer is you have to make changes to the way you think about things. And I think we're going to cover some of the topics in today's session. Um, some of the things that are available to you now that w- were not commonplace a year ago even, helping business owners like that step away from the tools and start to build a business. So the, really what you're doing is changing from a job to 
a business. And there are parts of my business that are still very much job-like uh, when, when I have to turn up to do it. I'm turning up to this podcast. I can't really delegate that. So this part is not able to be done by someone else as easily. But there's a great example. You don't have to be uh, in your business, in your shop, in your home to do this podcast. You could be doing exactly. it on so, the top of Mount Everest if you chose to. So, um, And one day maybe we will, but that's the thing. It's it. I get to choose the rules that I want to play by. Okay, so uh, how's the mark? And, and if, it, and if it, ter- it turned out that we couldn't do this, let's say there was no, not even uh, the ability to connect on the internet, then you and I could fly to Monaco, watch the Grand Prix and record from the VIP box while the Grand Prix is running. Like we really could make stuff happen if we were so determined for that to be the result. Yeah, very true. So uh, if we were to open the batting then, the way one of the ways the online world has changed in the past 12 months is that it's incredibly easy to create marketing outputs for your business from anywhere. Yes, it's you, you, it's quite portable. With I think with the rise of uh, you know iPad minis, iPhone camera quality, uh, microphone you know, like it just unbelievably good quality portable microphones. That's it. You you can have a Rode Smart Lav, good Aussie company. Uh, that plus an iPhone or an iPad mini gets you production quality that you would not have had. Uh, a few years ago, when we were using flip cams and stuff, they were bulkier and they didn't do other things like take phone calls so you wouldn't carry them on you all the time. Mm-hmm. So portability and accessibility to high-quality gear, uh, the apps that you can get, like that TiltShift video app, can get you the the nice-looking videos. So I think that's something that has changed at least in the last year. For me, I notice I'm taking a lot less stuff when I go away. I'm, mm. I'm really just taking what I would normally have taken plus one little tiny lav mic that can live in my pocket most of the mm. time. Mm. So technology is improved. Computers are getting more powerful. Uh, everything's moving more cloud-based. So uh, for me, I went pretty much cloud-based when I went Mac because I couldn't use Outlook. I couldn't use half the software that I used to use, which also helped me go virtual with my team. And this is another big trend is there's such a better awareness of the ability to have other people working in your business and on your business that don't have to be in the same country, the same office. And the great book that was just put out about this is called Remote. And it's a it's a great book about running a virtual team. So there seems to be, in my world anyway, much more awareness that you can build a team, that A, you should build a team, B, that you don't have to build a team locally you don't need the traditional office and employee and in the way that we were employees we might mightn't have enjoyed being an employee or we might have had uh compromises that made being an employee not as nice as it might be if you're hanging out in a googleplex or whatever like having to go somewhere and uh, deal with people and all that other mm. stuff now mm. those things don't exist if you don't want them to mm. Yeah, okay. So just to recap there, because we just knocked out four uh, four ways the world has changed in the last 12 months, portability and accessibility uh, and access to, to high-quality gear, um, powerful computers. I mean, throwaway line, but boy, oh, boy, you know, like this little uh, MacBook Pro that I'm looking at, which is the new one, just come out two weeks ago. I mean, man, that is just like it is small and is unreal what you can do from an you know an edit point of view, which can often take up a lot of grunt and time and processing power. But 
you know, it's quite incredible. So powerful computers, cloud-based file storage. I mean, you know, there's nothing really you can't uh, use the cloud for now. Awareness of, uh, just awareness of the ability to create a team of A players somewhere in the world. Yeah, so let's just combine a few of those things then. The obvious thing to do and what I'm doing with my customers and what I've been teaching people and I won the best speaker at the SEO conference for this one is mm. don't ask the owner to do any of that stuff. Get an expert mm. like the video dude to go out there, film the business owner, make a documentary story instead of an old pitchy ad put it together, it's only going to cost you a few thousand dollars and you put it on the website in a really nice, beautiful, clean, cloud-based player like Wistia and then you have everyone going to that. You can run ads. And I want to talk about the technology. There's two things that have really changed in the, the last year. One is automation and uh, triggers and and uh, mechanisms. A lot more people are aware of systems like Infusionsoft and Office Autopilot, where you can have behavioral-based marketing and automation happening. It's it's much more prevalent in normal businesses now. And uh, the second thing that has really changed is the way that you can market with things like remarketing really taking off. Uh, it, it's uh, that combined with webinars. It's a whole new way of marketing than a couple of years ago. It's just become easier and smoother and a little more hands-off. Jimmy, if I had the phone book handy, mate, I would have um, jumped you. Uh, yeah, but it's it's not your show. This is not small business, big marketing. We're talking to experienced internet marketers in some cases. Yeah. But if you're brand new, let's just spell it out here. Let's go through those things one at a time if you, if you can remember what they are. <laughs> well, you mentioned CRM. <laughs> so- kind of infusion soft. Well, no, go uh, back Go back first. What do you think about just have someone go and do it all for the business owner because they're not going to do it? We know they're not mm-hmm. going to do it. The the mechanic, the car dealer, the lawyer, they don't want to know no. about this stuff. They shouldn't be doing it either. Really, no business owner should be doing it unless they are doing something like we're doing. We are info marketers. We're podcasters. It's easy for us to do this. But for my customers who are really focused on what they do, it's very easy to do it for them, to have someone come in and just make it all happen. And they put aside half a day, boom, it's done. And my customers are getting such amazing dividends from this that uh, they think it's like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they love nothing more than a cool video about them on their homepage. It suits everybody's needs. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. And, and that whole idea, man, we were talking before we hit record this morning and, and just that whole telling you some of the stuff that I'd done and, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone. If, well, if, you know, I don't do that stuff you're doing. I wouldn't do that stuff. No, I, I, you wouldn't have done it for a long time. But um, it, it's hard. I mean, I don't know. There are some kind of limiting beliefs around just – I think it's the control freak thing. You know, many small business owners – you go and watch the Henry Ford documentary mm-hmm. and and then see what uh, control freak means. Yeah, right. <laughs> you want to see control freak? Have a look at Henry. Yeah, and then I bet you that you'll hug your son after watching that right. video. Right. Tell me, why is that? Because he was such a, bro- because- a tyrant with his family. Yeah, he bullied his only son almost pretty much to death. Right. Yep, and it was very, it's very sad and a tragic story, but... His son was just not good enough for him, and he didn't get that the son was from a different generation, and it, you know, wasn't growing up on a tra- tractor plowing fields. 
who's a stubborn old man, Henry. Mm. Uh, in any case, that's a classic example of things changing around you and you just digging into the old guard. It, it, it didn't work out that well for Henry. He pretty much went from having the most, you know, all the market share in the world for automotive to, you know, almost going broke a few times and then ended up, yeah, and then ended up really? having to go public in the end because, you know, he just let, he just hung on too much to the old guard. And as you know, like the American car manufacturers these days, like they go bankrupt every now and then. Every now and then. <laughs> yeah, well, I think an entire city called Detroit kind of went bankrupt, didn't it? Right, because they were asleep at the wheel yeah. and they weren't paying attention. Literally. So that that's what this episode is about. What's happening out there that you're not aware of or you should be aware of that's, that's, that I'm tuned into, that Timbo's tuned into, that you could take advantage of? And the, the big one is automation. You've really got to go from that – a uh, very basic email system, whether you're using Outlook or Gmail to broadcast your customers. And, and dead set, I have customers who have lists of 10,000 people that they manage from Outlook, and it horrifies me mm-hmm. that, that this could happen. You've got to import them into a smart system like Office Autopilot or Entreport or Infusionsoft and start tagging them, segmenting them, uh, having automation happening. You know, when they do this, send out this particular email, uh, have the ability to contact people about relevant topics. You know, when we put an episode of Freedom Ocean, we can broadcast it to Freedom Ocean people who have nominated to receive that information. Mm-hmm. That's that's important. And now you can combine that with video views, with webinar replays, and when vi- vi- they visit a certain page on your site. If you mm-hmm. go and visit one of my sites and don't buy, the chances are you'll get a follow-up email a few days later just making sure that you know where that page is and checking it if you're still interested. Mm-hmm. James, that, that, that whole concept of surrounding yourself with, with the team and getting people to manage your office your, your, your office automation, your CRMs, your editing, whatever aspect of your marketing or business you were talking about, where, where would you start? Well, there are automation experts. I know a few of them whose mm-hmm. core job is to help people just hook these systems up, get them all running smoothly. And that is, by the way, a huge uh, career path. If you are technically inclined and you get marketing, mm-hmm. these people just make a killing. Uh, I know three or four of them now, and they are serving the world of people who are technological laggards who know they need it who want it happening and they pay these people to do it and for most businesses it would be worth having someone set up even on the basic level if they had someone come in and set up google apps Mm -hmm. just setting up google apps and getting off outlook gets you portable it gets you uh, group emails it gets you much more streamlined inter-office communications these things are all collaborative documents yes these just the basic tech sweep of the business is mm-hmm. going to get most businesses up a level. But if you're still running a business out of Outlook, then you're, you're just going to get left behind. Mm. Yeah, great business idea. Great business idea for, for the technically inclined with a bit of marketing communication savvy about them as well. Oh, it's, you know, there's just the market is just in such demand. Everyone wants help mm. with this stuff and they shouldn't really mm. be doing it themselves. And when you think about it, there are people that serve most other parts of the market. You can hire someone to come and video you. You can hire someone to write sales copy. You can hire someone to draw an illustration of you. Uh, why can't you hire someone just to hook all your tech up? Well, you can. I know them. I work with, there's at least three of them in Silver Circle and, <laughs> and they're doing very well because they've, 
they're good at the bits that people aren't good at and they know they need. And, and really automation is where I'll be focusing a lot more next year is to take all my uh, autoresponders and my triggers and sequences and the messaging that I'm sending and just to continue to refine that. And I got tricked by one yesterday. It was so good. I thought it was a personal email and uh, it was someone else's and it was very, very clever. It was just the right timing, just the right message and it, it was just the perfect email. I'm actually going to copy it today in my business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, well, tell me a bit more. What, what did it do? It just sent me an email with the subject line, did you see this yet, question mark, and it said, hey, James, did you see this yet? It linked to the page that I had already visited and says, come join me. I think you'd offer the community a ton of value. <laughs> you would have gone, oh, I'm into that. Well, no, I went and had a look at it and I actually spent yep. 10 or 15 minutes thinking about whether this community is what I need right now. And uh, so it got me to the page and it got me thinking about it. Now, following up with the owner, uh, I know what his conversions were. Uh, I know how many people it went to and how many signups were made. But that, you know, he has made quite a lot of money from that one email off not that many people. Mm -hmm. And that is a classic use of automation in the right way. He's, he's sending a targeted, interesting email to the right person at the right time, and he has generated sales that have happened automatically. That's the automation part. He mm. didn't have to sit there thinking, oh, you know what? I really should send James an email off right now because, uh, well, let's see, he visited my site three days ago. He didn't buy. I've just checked the cart. Yep, he didn't buy. All right, so I'll send him a little personal email. So he didn't have to do that. The computer did that for him, and that is where the power comes. And I have lots of those little email responses, and Amazon do it. You go and buy, go and look on on Amazon at something. If you're registered to them as a customer, mm. uh, then go and have a look at something on Amazon, and I bet you a week later you'll get an email on something related to whatever you looked at. So that, just on that point, you need to – if you've gone to that site, you haven't gone to that site anonymously. You've actually gone and logged into that site so it knows you're there. And, and but you No, I'm just, just on the guy's email list. So he knows that I'm a subscriber. He's probably cookied my right. browser somehow when I visited the site. And if I'm using the same computer and I go back there, which is pretty common, mm -hmm. uh, then it's, it's recognizing me. Mm -hmm. It says, ah, oh, okay, so this guy. Yep, and then it can now – refine the message again. I may get a follow-up email that's more persuasive than the last mm -hmm. one or coming from a different angle because it'll go and say, well, I sent that email. He still didn't buy, so now I'm going to send a different one. And this this is all possible. And some people map this out for the next 60 sequences on every single one of their products. And this is where the money is made. The money is made in conversions. It's converting that valuable resource and maximizing the sale into the you know the next possible purchase mm -hmm. but he very nearly tipped me into a buyer uh and i didn't notice that it was automated because it was one in the morning i just got back from a forum meetup uh but i i felt that it was it really w was like a personal reach mm -hmm. out and i wanted to give him the courtesy of respecting that personal reach out with a respectful answer <laughs> but it was automated <laughs> great <laughs> great love that so, so tell me if uh, if you were to go and there'd be people on listening getting excited about the whole concept of of automation. At what point do you jump into automation? Do you wait till you've got your your offering your, your trans I call it your ascending transaction model ready and all your products set up ready to sell, or do you 
do you jump straight in and start setting up the automation? Well, firstly, screw the ascending transaction model. Start with the mid or high price product today. You're in business, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's another trend, by the way. There's a big trend on these twenty five, forty five, sixty thousand dollar coaching programs, and the model there is put up one page with a survey, start running Facebook ads, telling people that their life sucks drive them to the survey, they fill out the survey, and then you hard close them on a $40,000 coaching program. So in terms of a sending model, no one needed to go and get an ebook for free, buy a $7 product, warm up to a $39 product, then move into a $300 product, blah, blah, blah. Like you can go straight for the gold if you want. So that mm-hmm. first thought on that. Second thought is, if you're signing up people for 40 grand, then you can afford it today. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, it's going to cost you about 300 to 500 dollars a month for software that does this stuff. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. if you have a reasonable size customer base. It's going to cost you time and energy to learn how to run it. In my case, it took me about two weeks to watch the tutorials and to think about how I want to organize my customers and to map out some of the basic emails. However, if you want to pay someone to do this, there's a stack of people out there who do this stuff. Mm -hmm. People you and I know, there's people like Jake, there's uh, uh, anyone who's big in those communities or in those Facebook groups. There'd be literally dozens of them who are very savvy with the software and would sit down and map it out for you and then implement it for you. Mm-hmm. And that might cost thousands of dollars. But for a normal business, you know, a normal business is going to be making a couple of hundred grand a year, uh, the sort of small business, big marketing businesses of, of yours. A lot of them mm-hmm. would be in that 100 to 1 million category, I mm-hmm. imagine, yep. uh, with a few staff. It's totally worth it for them. Yeah. Uh, and if you're an inf- intro Info marketer or whatever, I think you'll find that the extra sales will pay for having that. So the, it was such a huge shift for me to go from a basic autoresponder system like AWeber or a GetResponse or a MailChimp into the more advanced ones. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have cart functions and affiliate programs if you need those things. To me, two weeks for you to get your head around it, that's a long time. So for the average um, for the average person trying to get stuck into that, there'd be a little bit more of a, a learning curve. If you have a couple of products and services, then it would be worth for you just to, to say, hey, Jake, you want to come around and, sh- and set me up on this thing and get it rolling for me? Mm-hmm. And then you could hire someone to run this thing if you wanted. So I, it, it's worth it when you're, when you're basically cracking uh, six figures, then I think most people would benefit from moving to this level of automation. Yeah, right, right. That's interesting. So just going back to how the world has changed in the past 12 months, to me, of all the things we've mentioned, that kind of is a standout one where like there is a significant difference upon like 12 to 18 months ago in the, in those, in the offerings of Infusionsoft and, and Office Autopilot. Yeah, I think they've become cheaper and easier to use and many more people in the marketplace uh, talking about it, using it and sharing ideas on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The the other things uh, to me have they've been incremental improvements. Is it, is it you know in terms of well, yeah the cloud? Oh no, there's some there's some other huge ones. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, cover. absolutely. So okay, let's move forward. What else you got? Lead pages. Yep. I mean, they really have in the last year just gone from nothing to megastars, and it, they've made it incredibly easy to create a landing page that works on a website, on a WordPress site, on a standalone hosted solution or in uh, Facebook. And 
they they're great for getting opt-ins to to get uh, webinars to give away ebooks to have at the end of each post uh, to have on a coming soon page or an error page. That's that is game changing software for a lot of small marketers. Mm. Like if you if you could only have one tool in your toolbox, really just having a landing page is such a it was such a barrier to entry a while ago. You used to have to have stuff like optimize press and start learning how to use WordPress, but lead mm. pages just made it that much easier. Yeah, like that. What about lead player? Well, Lead Player was the the first product, but it's it's not such a big deal. Wistia now have Turnstile, yeah. and it, it now integrates with a lot of the opt-ins. So I think Lead Pages is the big winner. That's the hit it out of the park product. And yep. Clay said that's pretty much the same thing on my last interview with him. Uh, but there's more changes. Should we go through them? Yeah, yeah of course. Okay, so hosting. Uh, a big company has been buying out a lot of the popular hosting companies, and they they're pretty renowned for crappy service and and a lot of uh, us would have used a certain company for hosting a year or two ago and if you go back to our old episodes, we would have had hosting recommendations. That's changed. They've gotten so slow and so unreliable that people are bailing left, right and centre into different hosting solutions. I, I made my move after my dedicated server got shut down for like a day and they wouldn't even answer the ticket. Uh, I'm like, that's it. I'm out. So I oh. took my couple of thousand bucks a month to a different company. Uh, we use Liquid Web now. And now I let people have access to my dedicated server for 59 bucks. And mm. for that, we update plugins, do all the security checks, and it's very, very fast. It's on the same side as Freedom Ocean, actually. Mm-hmm. And I've seen in my community, because I've got this fast web formula community with all these members, everyone is migrating their hosting out of the traditional places where people would, would host it because they'd load too slow. Mm-hmm. Now, listener can go and test this on their own site. They can go to Pingdom Speed Test and they can plug in their site and see how fast their site's loading. And if your site's taking like... 8 or 12 or 14 or 16 seconds, you need to change hosts because it's killing your conversions. It's killing your SEO. And probably there's a chance that your your company won't even be in business at some point in the future because they're getting such a migration and a mass exodus. So I think the hosting game now uh, has gone up a notch this year. Uh, hosting, uh, what is it? Um Load time, <laughs> got a bird at my window. Load load time's a big part of the Google algorithm, yeah. Well, you know, Google. I've always said that speed's very important, but the the big thing is it's a conversion killer. If people won't wait to, for a site to load, and not everyone has fast internet, believe it or not, mm. and I live that dream, as you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, if if you're got something on your site that you're trying to sell and it takes a long time for it to load people will not stick around they're, they're gone they're out of there so your site really has to load in a few seconds or it's not going to be as good as as uh, some sites we've been developing on our test server uh, we, we finish uh, and websites is another thing that's changed a bit we put it back on the customer's site and it's like slow they're like hey what happened why is my site so much slow I'm like because your, your server sucks mm. Right, so uh, we actually um, they they end up buying our hosting because it's just that much quicker, and we suggest that as the default now because it's kind of a letdown to have a great a Ferrari website and then you go and put it on a 
Toyota server, you know. So um, you, you mentioned LiquidWeb and Freedom Ocean living on that now, which you used to live on Amazon S3, correct? Uh, no, we used to use a different uh, server company for for. Right. It. So I'm not talking about where we put our podcast episodes. I'm talking about ah, uh, you're talking about the website where the website lives. Yeah, still uh, still living on Amazon S3 for the podcast episodes. Still using Amazon S3 for that. You really shouldn't be hosting rich media files like videos. No. Put them on Wistia or YouTube. Audio, put them on uh, Amazon S3 or Libsyn. Email, mm. put them on Google Apps. Get them off your server. That's a, Everyone knows that now, but probably a few years ago they didn't. Don't mm. put media or email on your server. You're going to kill your site or uh, you're going to blow stuff up, mm. <laughs> basically. Mm. Uh, I'd hate to be thinking about our podcasts <laughs> off the server. <laughs> yeah. That would be not good. What else you got, Jimmy? Well, um, we sort of touched on remarketing. That is just huge, like ad roll, perfect audience, uh, Google remarketing. Most people now know that you can put a little piece of code on your site and follow people up who have visited your site with a related banner ad. Mm. And you know, most people in the IM space are all over this. And they're also combining Facebook marketing. So Facebook advertising that combined with remarketing, combined with – opt-in pages combined with webinars, it's, it's like that's the way that people are selling these days. Driving traffic from Facebook, registering them for a webinar, following them up with remarketing, running the webinar, asking for the order, following people up if they don't watch the whole webinar, and then driving them into memberships. Now, there is a shift in platforms. A few years ago, we might have talked a lot about ClickBank and uh, that was kind of the affiliate marketplace. But now you'll hear a lot more about places like JVZoo, which I've got to say, I'm really out of that world. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not into the affiliate space. I'm not into the JV space because I don't do joint ventures. I don't do launches. I don't have affiliates. I only promote products that I really love, like lead pages. So it's not my world, but apparently that world's changed quite a lot. And now you, you've got different platforms that are popular. But in the business professional world, they're going to be looking at platforms like Udemy and uh, Linda and stuff. They're going to be putting their uh, programs on Udemy as a lead gen. And that has everything built in to make it easy. They've got the affiliate business. They've got the ability to make sales mm. and send you commission and stuff. And also Kindle. You'll see a lot more people putting out Kindles than in the past and we've just got Amazon opening in Australia now as well. Yeah, sure. And uh, I think there's more free stuff out there these days. Mm-hmm. I think that the bar has moved a bit on how much is out there for free and how much uh, you know how much quality information and training people will give you before you have to buy anything. Yeah, the free thing's been around a long time, hasn't it? I had this discussion with a mate yesterday, sort of like uh, I'm running a paid webinar at the moment and it's filling really well. And he's kind of going, what do you think? He tried to challenge me on the idea of should I, should I, shouldn't I just be giving that away for free? But, you know, the, the webinar isn't actually, the webinar is an endpoint, you know, like it's not yeah, there to it's pitch. The product. It's the product. It's not, I'm not there to pitch something. I'm there to deliver content. On that note. I think there's less pitchy events these days. I think some of those schlock fests are being weeded out. And most of the events that I've been to lately have been a ticket price event with good content. Mm. You know, the ticket price might be a thousand or two thousand dollars, and the content will be good and there'll be very little pitching. Mm. Yeah, it's good that I'm glad that's come around finally. Yeah, it's a, 
Oh, I've been wondering when legislators would step in. There's some <laughs> yeah. bandits out there that they really pushed this whole easy make money while you sleep line, but I I don't mm. think they're genuine with their ability to deliver that, and uh, mm. it's it's gone on for too long. So I think the market's getting well. Getting they'll lost. always be around. They will always be around. You know, it is a cycle. Um, I'd be interested to know. You know, maybe one day you'll go back into JVs and affiliates. Certainly, when I met you, you were you were right amongst that, and now you're out of it. But everything's a cycle, isn't it? Things a cycle, but I think that the ideal JV these days is going on as a guest on someone's podcast or having a guest on mm-hmm. your podcast. And I think it's much nicer to be able to promote something because you love it because you think it's awesome. Mm. If if that in fact I'm having an affiliate discussion with someone we're podcasting this with Clay Collins and Dan Andrews and Dan Norris uh, sometime next week we're going to talk about the shift in that and I don't think it'll go back to the way that it was with affiliate marketing I'm seeing a lot of companies unwind their affiliate marketing in fact the discussions that I'm seeing now are around own the media channel own the distribution. So that's what we do with podcast. We have distribution. Once you have distribution, you don't need affiliates. You might need them in the beginning to to get awareness, to to build up yeah, your profile. Right. But you certainly don't need them once you're big. Uh, you can you've got money then. You can buy media. You go out and buy ads. You can get media placements. You can run solo ads. You can do retargeting. You don't need to have affiliates once you reach critical mass. And because the affiliate thing was all about distribution anyway. Yeah, you know we don't need someone out there on the street corner pimping Coke to us. We know it's in the fridge in every shop. Coca-Cola, by the way, listeners. Coca-Cola, that's right, (laughs) Coca-Cola. So, like, I think the reseller model is fine and, you know, that's an old established model and, like, the Mercedes dealers, you know, they're pretty much reselling the factory's wholesale supply uh, for a profit Mm -hmm. margin. They're retailing. You know, I think the traditional models are fine. I've, oh, yeah. The other thing I've seen, there's been a lot of scummy MLM stuff in the last year, and I've, it has to collapse at some point. It's just so dirty and filthy and and offers no value whatsoever. It is effectively, to me, looks like a pyramid scheme when I look up the Wikipedia definitions. They are just a greedy mm-hmm. cesspit of people just buying ads, pitching riches. There's no actual content and there's no actual... There's nothing mm. of substance other than the uh, the opportunity itself, and and I'd love to see that stuff get wiped out. I really would, not because I want to be mean, but because I see the tragic heartbreak that that it causes. But people with no ability to run their own business get sucked into this, and they don't make any money. Yeah. And um, and it, I reckon it must ruin families. I'm, I'm sure people will be driving buses for 20 years, paying off a credit card debt for something they couldn't afford, shouldn't have bought, and it was dangled in front of them in a very seductive manner. So mm. I've seen a few of those big networks rise, and you know I've made an effort now to uh, stop helping or providing for people who are involved in those CD products. Like I, I won't coach someone in that market anymore. Mm-hmm. I won't uh, attend those events. I won't. I won't be a part of it. I think that that uh, it's got to stop. Make it a stand against MLM. Well, you know, it's, I, I'm, I know I'm choosing a marketing channel, but that's what the topic was just then, channel. But I'm yep. just saying, there's a couple of products in particular that I've seen really rise, and I would like to see them lower as well. 
I don't yeah, think it I, should. And speaking of that, Bitcoin, hasn't that been interesting lately? Bitcoin, uh, mate, I haven't followed that since kind of maybe six months ago. Well, it just had a... What's, what's happened with... It just had an epic rise. Like just Did Bitcoin it? just went off the stratosphere and I don't really understand it. I don't know why people would accept it as a currency. It seems so mm. uh, volatile, but uh, we are see, seeing changes. You know, there's changes in... I don't think there's a lot of confidence in the... U.S. economy and and uh, mm. uh, if you follow um, the Sovereign Man, it's really interesting newsletter talking about the the inev- inevitable collapse and corruption of the the you know the the way that the currencies are pegged around the world and stuff. So I think we'll mm. see. You know, like in my business, I'm effectively becoming a currency trader because I handle three different currencies. So. And I know this affects some of my peer group. Like when I started online marketing, the dollar and the the Australian dollar and the US dollar were quite different. They were like sixty something cents to the dollar, and now it's like a dollar mm-hmm. uh, five or something. It's really gone the other way. So they're close to parity now. But over time, I think we will continue to see changes in currencies, and it's worth paying attention to where your business is, what currency that it's trading in, and and what. You know how you move your funds around between merchant facilities, forex accounts, and PayPal accounts because you you start to have a few wild swings in percentages. It really makes a big difference on an nest egg. Just on that point, what about um, making it easy for people to give you money? PayPal seems to be still the you know major way of transferring money online. What else are you seeing? Yeah, like you you. PayPal is very popular, and and I'm seeing when I have a credit card set as default, then people will still toggle it to PayPal twenty or thirty percent of the time, somewhere in that region. Mm. Uh, people like to use PayPal in our space, in the internet space. Normal mums and dads, mm. I think anyone with an eBay account's probably got a PayPal account, and it's uh, mm. still worth offering that for a lot of people. And some people are like they hate on PayPal and and whatever, but. I've actually found them to be extremely good to deal with. They even ring up and offer yeah, conversion optimization tips and stuff. Like they're they're very approachable. Mm-hmm. In fact, a company who I found extremely yep. arrogant and rude last year uh, blew me away this this year. Uh, like yesterday, I was trying to enable a Hangout feature on my Google Apps, and I just filled out a little email said I, I Hangouts doesn't seem to work on my apps, and then the, my phone rings and it's a guy from Google. He goes, oh, I've got your uh, oh, wow. request. Let's just go through it. He screen uh, talked me through it. We enabled it. And then he sent me a follow-up to make sure everything's working fine. I'm like, well, okay. These guys have started to listen to people maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So there's, a, there's a change. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Anything more, mate, before we wrap up? No, I think I covered most of the things that I thought. I, I, just one last thing. I think there'll, there'll be more and more of a focus on professional design. You know, we're, we're playing around with things like T-shirts and physical merchandise with logos and stuff. But with Google taking away keyword data, that has shifted the game. You know, SEO between now and a year ago is wildly different. They've smacked around everyone with manipulated links. They've pulled out link networks. They've... Um, put an emphasis on uh, search queries that have a sort of a educational or informational content like how to or whatever with hummingbird they have removed keyword data from the stats yeah. so now i'm seeing a surge in research reports people are buying research reports from us because they can't do it themselves 
and I think that it really just means you've got to focus on having great content and on having good design and a memorable brand and focus on structuring your website properly, you know, fast loading, correct descriptions, et cetera. That is, that is how you do SEO. And we're getting like amazing results in our SEO service by focusing on the fundamentals, everything by hand, focusing on the end user, good quality stuff. It's like that automated email, you know, a lot of the stuff we're producing now uh, is as top shelf as someone could produce on their own or better and that's the way it has to go. Well, Jimmy, that's a really good segue because um, we haven't talked about the next episode but one of the topics we've got down on our little um, our list of topics, future topics for Freedom Ocean is SEO and I think it would be really interesting to, I think it's probably like 12 months since we did an episode on SEO and as you say, big, big changes, you know, far less talk about backlinking and much greater talk about relevancy and just creating stuff that's going to educate and improve people's lives and help them make a, a, a transaction in your favor. So I think next episode we can talk about SEO musters and how the SEO world has changed in the past 12 months. What do you say? I'm up for it. It's uh, something we live and breathe. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I think it's exciting. Uh, SEO for me... You know, in those early years of of going online and starting a business was was pretty technical, and I just get a feel that it's moved. The kind of if you have a scale of uh, rational and emotional, yeah, there's some rational things that you've just got to nail, like your your metadata and and still understanding your keywords. But there's a kind of real emotional bent now where it's just about creating great content. It is about creating great content. Uh, speaking of which. Uh, it'd be good if the listeners could go and vote on our T-shirt design on our fan page. <laughs> and um, I, hey, mate, I think the tribe has spoken yeah, there. Greg, Greg, who designed them, sent me an email saying you yeah. won. He conceded defeat. Well, yeah, that's that is uh, interesting. He said I asked the wrong question, albeit, but you know, uh, yeah, there was this kind of an inter- that was an interesting discussion because um, for listeners, what happened was. One of James's students, Greg, he's got a great new business, I think, which is creating um, merch, creating merch for us podcasters in the form of T-shirts. And um, he, he's gone off and designed some pretty funky designs for existing podcasters' brands, at which point um, he kind of veers away from the actual logo of the podcast, which for someone who does love design like me, um, it kind of raises an interesting question. So. Well, the great thing is he's kind of won out of it regardless because uh, he gets a mention and he's like, okay, A or B, mm. and if we pick one. He's still got a T-shirt <laughs> to put on the store. Well, right? he ends he's up going clever. with both. He, what happens and, was he was only going to go with the one that he designed. Now he's going to go with you know the Freedom Ocean existing logo and the one he designed. So, gee. And, and to take us out, here's a uh, contribution from Brett Perry who was listening to the episode 66 66. and he's uh he's a friend of cliff ravenscraft but he was basically taking a a break at a rest stop on the way home to chicago and he said i'm finer than frog's fur mate new joke book on the chrissy list for timbo (laughs) methinks he's told you to get some new jokes finally well wouldn't be the first mate i'm accused of dad jokes last episode hey just have a listen don't know whether you can hear that, but that is a chorus of kookaburras out the front of my window, and they are laughing. Big, well, the big question is, are they laughing at me or with me? Well, you'll have to take a zoom out there because <laughs> your microphone's so damn good, it's screened out all the noise. <laughs> That's good. I just had. Oh, I have it on low gain. Um, 
So that's that's a good thing. So um, all right. Well, send me joke books, listeners. I always like some new jokes. Um, I do have to. Um, and you need them. Harsh, harsh, very harsh. I'd like to see you crack a few more gags, Jimmy. And I know our listeners would too. There you go. That's your challenge. And you can't just go, oh, I've got a joke for you and tell a joke. You just have to cleverly integrate them into this into the conversation like your co-host does. Yes. Beautiful. All right. That's it. We're out. We're done. Finished. Freedomotion.com. That's where you'll find the loving. Leave a review on iTunes. Tell us what you think. Who's the funnier? Jimmy or Timmy? Oh, and- Tim's the funniest, but which is saying something. Yeah, whatever. All right, guys. Thanks, Jimmy. See you next week. See ya. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!